Hallelujah. You know, on Wednesday night, I just like to have a, a, a conversation with you guys. Now, have you, ever, have you ever sat and talked with somebody in conversation, but it was one way, they did all the talking? Well, that's the way it is on Wednesday night. I do all the talking. <laughs> because I like, to, I like to talk to you from the standpoint of the fact that what I say can be used both naturally and spiritually. So many times everybody is talking about spiritual or natural, but I have found that the same principles that make you a strong, strong Christian is the same principles that gives you success in natural life. Hello? You know, I found out that, of course, I've been in this all my life, but I found out that uh, playing sports is discipline. You have to discipline yourself to read the word when you don't want to read the word. How many of you guys played sports and you had to go work out when you didn't feel like working out or didn't even want to work out, but you knew if you were going to be successful and be on the team rather than warming the bench, you better be out there, right? The same thing is true with the spiritual Studying the word, praying, going to church. Day we living in now, there are a lot of people that stay home in their pajamas and watch. You know, well, that's good if it's necessary. But when it's not necessary, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. There's something that you gain from coming together that you don't get when you're watching the TV. Come on now. So tonight, I'm just going to talk to you for a little bit, and I don't know how, it's probably not going to be very long even. And everybody said, amen. Because <laughs> you've worked today and done all, all other sort of things. And somebody said one time, I said, well, I'll go to office, I'll go to work. This, she just stays home. Well, hey, listen, staying home with the kids is a whole lot worse than going to work most of the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna call this, put yourself in a position to succeed. Colossians 1.12, Colossians 1.12 in the New King James, Colossians 1.12 in the New King James. I don't know whether they're going to get it up or not. There, there, they got it. I was waiting. I saw it on my monitor up there. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I want to read that from the NIV, okay? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. You know, when you mention the word success in the natural or the spiritual, I'm sure many people can come 
to your minds in the natural would be sports people, sometimes political people, sometimes a business person. In the natural, I mean, in the spiritual, you can think of many, many great men and women of God that were successful. Now, I'll let you think of yours. I think of mine. Each one of everybody has different people that they look at as successful for several different reasons. But now I want to look at things that I believe that will help you both spiritually and naturally to be success, be a success. You know, I guess I learned a lot from my dad about being successful. He used to tell me, he'd say, son, you've heard me say it before. And he said, this doesn't have to, this, ha- this doesn't necessarily have to do with spiritual. It has to do with natural. Whatever is worth, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right or don't do it at all. I said, well, I can understand how that can apply in the natural, but what about the spiritual? He said, there are a lot of people just pick the Bible up and read it because they, and they hurry through it because they got to do their duty and read the Bible. He said, they might as well not even read it. Don't look at me like that. That's the truth. Just to pick the Bible up and quickly read it so you can say, oh, I did my Bible reading. Actually, that's not, that's not doing you any good. Now, some people say, well, I disagree with that. Well, that's fine. You can disagree all you want to. You got, you can have your own opinion, but I'm telling you the truth. Uh, that's one thing you got to learn about pastor. I just tell it like it is. Some people have known me for a long time. How long you know me, Jay? You been, you came to Bible school <laughs> before that, but when did you come to Bible school? 2002. When did you come down to go to Bible school? Yeah. 1982. Bill. 1985. Now there's several different t- periods of time. These people, these people have known me and they can tell you that I don't, I don't mince words. <laughs> I just tell it like it is. Is that, is that right guys? <laughs> you know, too many times when people are talking, you're hearing them. And when they finish, you don't know what they said that it, that was something good to do or not to do. They were so diplomatic. Well, there's sometimes that you need, might need to be diplomatic. I don't know. My, my daughter tells me that I'm a little too hard sometimes, but you know, but, uh, Hey, when I get through, nobody has to wonder what I said. <laughs> you know, I've noticed the same with God. When you read it, you don't have to wonder what he said. Now, there's a lot of people that because they don't want to accept it, they put their own interpretation on it. But God said it and he meant what he said and said what he meant. That's it. Hello. 
Now, let's look at Colossians 1, 1 and 2 for just a minute. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he is just telling them that they're faithful brothers in Christ and grace to you and peace from our God, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in that same chapter in verses seven, and at verse seven he says, as you have learned from Epaphroditus, our dear fellow and saints, who is a faithful minister in Christ on your behalf. Now he is talking here to these people about a relationship. He said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to you at the saints. That's, he's, he's, he's speaking to them because he has a relationship with them. He talks about Epaphroditus because he had a, a relationship with him. They had a relationship. He had a relationship with, the, and he said, I, as you have learned from Epaphroditus, our fellow servant, faithful minister of Christ, and behalf. Now, I want, I want you to talk, he, he's talking about relationships. Really, to be successful, Christian-wise and natural-wise, relationships are vitally important. Come on now. Relationships are vitally important. I've been around a long time. I know lots of people and have lots of contacts. And uh, you see, there have been many times when they've come to me and they said, well, it's, uh, this, we, can't, we can't get this done. Well, I happen to know somebody higher up because I had a relationship with them. I could go to them and we could get the thing done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any of you ever done that? Yeah. Relationships are important. You know, we as a ministry have had a banking relationship with a bank for a long time. A long time. Well, if I need something, I have a relationship with the president of the bank. I, in fact, I got his, I got his personal cell number. I just call him. Why? Because I have a relationship. Relationships with people is vitally important. I have, there are certain people that I'm friends with, that I text with daily, that I have a relationship with. If I told them I needed them to come and help me or they needed me to come and help them, I would be there or they would be here. How many of you have relationships with that with somebody? Those are important. But we, we, we understand the relationship is important, but it's all also with God, but with the people of God. 
That's why it's important to be a part of a local body. Build relationships. We don't succeed alone. Edmund Hillary says, it's clear that you've never been to the top because if you had, no, if you, had you know that you never get there alone. We need people that will speak into our lives, make investments in us. That's what God has done with the word of God. It speaks into our lives. It makes investments. And I'm going to tell you what, you can take the principles in the word and use the same principles in the natural. They work. Hello. You ever read any of the books on uh, positive thinking and, and positive speaking? Where do you think they... Norman Vincent Peale was the one that wrote it first. Where do you think he got it from? The Bible? Hello. You see, we need people who care about us. We need people who will interact with us. We need people who can be an example to us. We need people who will minister to us. We need each other, especially in the spiritual area. That's why he said, don't forsake the siblings yourself together. There's something about the coming together as a unit and as a body, something there, you know? You may not really realize it, but your life and my life are built on the contributions that others have put into us. I stand here tonight on the shoulders of two men. My father, Kenneth E. Hagan, and my father-in-law, B.E. Tipton. Those men put things into me naturally and spiritually that helps me to be where I am today. I had another individual one time tell me, when you're making a decision, put it out here in the middle of the table Punch it full of holes, look at, look at it every way it can be looked at. And once you make the decision, make sure you're willing to live with the consequences of that decision. If people would think like that naturally and spiritually, before they make a decision, it, they'd stay out of a lot of trouble. Come on now, think about that. That's something that I, I was told years ago. I still think about that. You see, in Colossians 1, 3 and 4, we give thanks to God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. 
Now I want you to notice here, he is talking to them and telling them that he's praying for them. See, what he's doing here, praying and so forth, these are contributions. Those that love you, those that pray for you. That's what he's saying here. Paul's saying this. Now, I'm going to say this. Be careful choosing your friends. You just don't always have to have somebody that agrees with everything you say and everything you do. You need some people that are willing to tell you the truth and challenge you. Hello. You know, I have talked to lots of people and some of my friends even, and I have, they think they're, they're saying, well, I'm going to, we're thinking about doing this. We, we, my wife and I have even talked with ministers that think about leaving the church and we challenge them. We, we knew them that well. We had a relationship. You can't, you can't do that if you don't have a relationship with somebody. And because they were fixing to make a mistake. And many times if you have friends that, and you're fixing to do something and they can show you some pitfalls here, that's helpful. Hello, you might not like it and it might be not what you want to hear, but it sure could keep you out of a lot of trouble. Hello. You know, I've told you the story about, and you, you might, I'll just reiterate a little bit about when, now when I was a teenager, we all, we had Lindy's number one here drive in and Lindy's number two drive in out here. And then you had the town square. And so you would just drive around the square park and talk sometimes and drive out to Lindy's number two and drive back. That was what we did. Now, I don't know whether any of y'all did that or not, but that's what we did in the fifties. Okay. I don't know what y'all did. Huh? Yeah. They were driving hamburger places like a Sonic, but back in those days, they had uh, what they call car hops. You know, and usually they were pretty young ladies. So all of us guys, we would, uh, <laughs> that's why we go there. <laughs> I'm talking about when we're 16, 15, 16. You know, even, you have a buddy like my, before I got my license, I had a buddy, old, old Charles Killian. He, 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 had, he, he turned 16 before I did. He had a car and everything. So we, we all riding with Charles. He was my buddy. But, uh, you know, one night, bunch of them up there, I'd park my car and I was, we was actually all just sitting out. We, we used to do this. I don't know, sometimes, most of you people never had a town that had a town square, but we got a square and you drive around and all the stores are built around. Sometimes the, the courthouse is right in the middle of the, right in the middle of the square. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, we had parked there and, and get out and sit on the, fenders of the car and talk, you know. So these guys all decided they're going to, they're going to go over another town 
I said, come on, how you going to go on? I said, all right, well, I'll go with you. So we, we was going, they started talking about what they was going to do. And I just, I mean, they're all my buddies. I mean, I, I said, you guys are crazy. I ain't going with you. Let me stop the car. I want out now. Y'all going to get in trouble. Well, they called me back then. You call you yellow and everything. I said, I don't care what you call me. They let me out. So I got out. Sure enough, they all got put in jail. Their parents had to go bail them out the next day. You see, I was willing to tell them, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. If they'd listened, they wouldn't have had no trouble. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody that will tell you when you even don't want to hear it. One old boy, he came, he, he came home, he came by my house. He said, oh, I cannot give anything in the world if I listened to you last night. I said, well, I tried to tell you, John, but you wouldn't listen. I said, next time, maybe you listen. He said, oh, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> and some people are like that. They've learned the hard way. You know, you can learn stuff different ways. You know, I was standing on a, the little parsonage we lived in, and I was about four years old, and I was standing on that couch, and, and they had this one of them, one of them uh, ceramic deals just screwed into the wall, and you screw the light bulb in or out to turn the light on. And so the light bulb was out of it, and I'm standing on the back of the couch going, Dad's sitting over studying. He said, don't do that, son. That'll bite you. Okay, Dad. Bam. And I go get knocked off the couch, you know. I learned that electricity will hurt you. But I could have learned it the easy way. I learned the hard way. That's what I'm talking about. See, now... Let's look at Colossians 1, 9. For this reason, we also, since that day, heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will, his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and in the knowledge of God. Now here, Paul is talking about or engaging, maybe I should say, in transformation. Now, you see, so many times people want God to make them feel better, but God wants to make you better. Hello. You know, you can receive information and still not be transformed. You have to take the information and begin to do something with it before you be, become transformed. Hello. I, I, I think there is a cycle here, a cycle in this transformation in this scripture right here. Look at this. Okay, first of all, let's look at the key to transfer, the key to transfer. Knowledge, okay, what is knowledge? Knowledge, education, information. Wisdom is application of knowledge. Understanding is taking the necessary steps to change 
are to transform. He talked about all three of those in that scripture I just read. Hello. The results of transformation in the natural is knowledge. You can't change yourself or anything else until you have knowledge of of it. And then if you don't use wisdom to make it come alive, then nothing happens. Hello. Now then it's understanding those principles from that knowledge that you gain and put them into practice that makes you a success. Okay? You know, you can sit in a locker room are on the bench in a basketball team on the court. They can take a chart and they can draw a play on that chart. Okay. They're giving you knowledge. Then they tell you how to make this happen. That's they give you the wisdom that, to know how to do it. But until there is an understanding of those principles and you put it into application, nothing happens. You see, you can know what the Bible says you can even, somebody can even have given you the wisdom to how to do it. But until you actually take all of that and put it into action, nothing happens. It's one thing to know something, it's another thing to make it happen. Success comes from all of those, not just part of it. Success is a step-by-step process. Okay? You know, I went out for track. Coach watched everybody. He had us do some sprinting and then he had us to do run several laps around the track. Well, some of us that were sprinters, after about three laps, we're starting to lag, really lag back and there's some of these other guys, they're, they're, really, they're keeping going pretty good. Well, guess what? He didn't take us and put us on a distant race. He took us and put us on the sprint races, the short races. 
I, I never liked anything over 400 yards. <laughs> I, I, I liked, I liked the, the 100 and the 220. That's what I like. But you know what? The first time I ever run the 220, it was horrible. My time was really bad. But you know, after about a month's practice, I had cut that down in halfway. After about another month, I had cut it down from, I cut it all the way down from 26.5 to 23 flat, 22.9. But when I first started, but what I did, I took the knowledge that the coach talked to us about running and what you had to do and the things you had to do. I put it into practice. And when the time come to run the race, I was ready. You see, we need to get all the knowledge we can and then the wisdom of that knowledge and then understand how to apply it so we become successful both naturally and spiritually. Anybody get anything out of what I'm saying tonight? You know, the rope, you know, spiritual wisdom comes because you hide the word of God in your heart. Spiritual understanding comes when you begin to practice, put into practice the principles that of that. You know what? That's not just a one-time process. It is an ongoing process continually. Day after day. Day after day. Spiritual or natural success comes from the commitment to the cycle. And you remember what the cycle was? Huh? You remember? The cycle was knowledge, wisdom, understanding. If you're willing to commit to that, then you can be successful. Heavenly Father, I've just talked to these people for a few minutes tonight. Just on some general principles. Knowledge that it takes to be successful in natural and spiritual. Father, I pray that each individual would take whatever part of this message that was needed and apply it in their life. Not everybody needed everything that we said, but everybody needed something that was said. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I trust you got something out of that. Stand up. But I just wanted to try to encourage you that everybody wants to be successful. But you don't become successful by wanting to be. You become successful by gaining knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, if you're in this place tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, we'd like for you to know him. 
or if you're here and you know what it is to serve God, but you've just sort of got off course, detoured, and you need to come rededicate your life to God, or if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, they were all filled the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. Or you need prayer for any reason whatsoever. The ladies are over here, the men are over here. As we're dismissed, you come to the front. They'll pray with you, and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Anybody get anything tonight? I hope so. <laughs> I trust so anyway. I did the best I could. Some, one time I walked off the stage, and the guy said, Boy, you didn't do very good tonight. I said, Well, I'll give you all I had tonight. And that's what I did. I give you all I had. So that's the way I operate. If I'm playing ball or if I'm preaching or if I'm doing anything, I give everything I've got because if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right or don't do it at all. Amen. Don't forget all the announcements that they made right here, Sunday morning, right here. Be here. I'm going to be here. Are you going to be here? Well, thank God for half of you is going to be here anyway. I trust the rest of you will get the knowledge that you should be here Sunday morning. Okay. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and you're dismissed. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.